48 episodes in, finally got a chance to sit down um, with the big man from the island. Uh, we've been really working hard trying to juggle our schedules to get Connor on, and, and um, it was really fun to have someone who's in the game and hear the stories right now. Um, as we get a little bit older, Corbs, the stories get a little wider and uh, <laughs> maybe maybe further from the truth. But this guy is literally in the moment right now. Had a crazy road trip and and took the time to, to chop it up. What how did it feel to have someone literally like your age on the show, man? Was there a different perspective or vibe from for you, or was it just like every other episode? I think it helps that even though I never got to see him like play in person, like he was at. You know, he's been at SD, I'm doing workouts, and I'm just there opening the gym. I'm just watching him, and it's amazing, even just the amount of, what, he's there maybe three and a half hours, put up close to a thousand shots, working on baby hooks, working, like, basic footwork just to make sure he's, like, all ready, right? And that's, and this is a guy who's about to go into the, what, the best <laughs> league outside of the NBA, Right, yeah, and he's working on his drop yeah. step, baby hook, drop step, spin middle, fake, yeah, and all that stuff. So it was just being able to, you know, talk to somebody who I, I've seen watch. No offense, like I just haven't seen a lot of the guests play. I wasn't alive when that was happening, but mm-hmm. to have someone on that was, you know, kids can watch today and they can go to YouTube and just see his highlights today. This was pretty cool. Yeah, for sure, man. It was it was cool, and I was glad we got the chance to uh, to, to chop it up. Even though it was, uh, I mean, we're both old, so we were up, but still starting the day in a podcast is a different way to do it. And then he's you know getting ready to make dinner, so yeah. we know everyone's going to enjoy this episode and get into it. Hoops Journey episode forty eight. Let's go. Here we go. We are just waking up this morning. Gotta thank God. I don't know, but today seems kind of odd. Shout out Ice Cube. Uh, we have our youngest guest so far, and actually our first um, gentleman who is still involved in playing the game. It just came off a super long road trip. Um, was giving him a hard time because he just woke up from a nap too. So we're all a little bit crusty, but we'll work our way through it. A dude we've been wanting to get on for a while. He's got a great story and is, you know, really at the peak of his game right now. Good dude, uh, Mr. Connor Morgan. How you doing, man? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, it's been a long time. Uh, we've been trying to set something up. Uh, yeah. Happy we finally found some time with the time change and everything. Like you said, we both woke, just woke up, but I think you're a little bit fresher in the morning. That's what they say, right? So, yeah, I think it depends on uh, if you have a four-year-old or not. So, <laughs> <Fair enough>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell us, man. You just came off a long roadie, uh, and you're and you're off to Paris. Is it tomorrow for a for a big tri- big game? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm not sure. Probably the viewers aren't too like aware of European basketball, the setup of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very similar to, to soccer football over here where you play in two different leagues at the same time. So we play in the ACB league, which is the Spanish domestic league within Spain. Uh, and we also play in the Euro cup league, which is the division like right below your league, the highest one in Europe. Um, and we, tr- and that league is, is all around Europe. So we've played games in Russia. We've played games in Germany. We've played games in France. We've played games in 
there's teams in Greece, there's teams in Istanbul, uh, there's teams in, Tur in, in Istanbul, Turkey. Uh, so we've really been everywhere for that one. Um, so the ACB games are on weekends and the Euro Cup games are generally during the week. So right now uh, it's getting to the tail end of Euro Cup. So there's a couple different rounds of it. It starts out with a certain amount of teams. It gets knocked down uh, to 16 teams. And then the next round is the top eight. Um, so our game in Paris on Tuesday night is to advance to the top eight. Uh, we're in the round of 16 right now. Uh, we need to win the game in order to go to the top eight, the playoffs of the Euro Cup, which would be huge for this team and huge for me individually, huge for huge for this this club. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's the biggest game that uh, I think maybe to this day that I'll, I'll have played in this team. You know, mean, meaningful game, maybe not the biggest game, but the most meaningful game maybe. So, yeah, it's a big one on, on Tuesday in Paris. Uh, so we just came back from a road trip from an ACB game. Like I said, it was last night, Saturday night in Ragoza, uh, which which was at 845, finished the game around 1130 uh, and took the bus back. Or, so we got home around 330 to sleep by four o'clock uh, and then had today off Had a PCR test this morning. Uh, and we'll have practice tomorrow and we'll leave right after practice to Paris and, uh, play tomorrow night. So yeah, that's kind of a little bit about kind of the situation I'm in right now. <laughs> yeah. So when we see like a dope highlight on Instagram, there's, there's more to it than, uh, <laughs> just putting on the Jersey and suiting up. Hey, but we appreciate yeah, your time, man. Sure. And, uh, for sure. Hopefully no, I maybe, all day. Yeah. I get, I was gonna say maybe chopping it up for a little bit. I'll get your mind off the game and you can relax and uh, just enjoy for a sure, couple of idiots sure. talking to you about basketball. No, um, that's great. What's it like with COVID with no fans? Like I, I was listening to, I can't recall the podcast, but they were just talking about, oh, Zion Williamson with uh, JJ Redick. And they were just talking about how like, you know, athletes are just athletes. We, we're competitors. We know the right words to say to each other to get each other fired up and motivated. And so, you know, as, as fun as the crowd is, um, is not necessarily a factor in terms of like swaying your competition or competitive level. How do you feel with that? Is it is it different? Did it take some time to adjust to it or... Yeah, I mean, I definitely do agree. Uh, I didn't listen to the podcast, um, but I definitely do agree with those like basic essentials and and how like as an athlete, as a competitor, like you're gonna wake up, you're trying to beat the other team regardless of who's in the gym uh, and who's who's there supporting you. Uh, but I do think there is that added factor, um, especially when you play against some of the bigger teams in Europe, um, like when you play against Barcelona or Real Madrid or. <laughs> Uh, these bigger teams over here and there's 10,000, 15,000 of a game. Uh, it's pretty hard to, to replace, you know what I mean? And, and at, at times I think the European crowd is a little bit different than an NBA crowd as well. Um, <laughs> we'll get into that a little later in different countries. It's absolutely insane. But, um, in Spain, the, 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 I would consider it pretty comparable to the NBA crowd and the, they're, they're a little bit, they like to get rowdy and hectic. Um, mm -hmm. but I, I love it. Like for me, I'm, I'm, I'm an energy guy over here. Um, mm -hmm. so it definitely, it definitely feeds into my game and I think it helps me pop me positively, uh, whether it's a home game or an away game. Uh, so I personally miss, miss them uh, a lot. Uh, and we miss our fans here in, in Badalona as well. It's like, they're great. Uh, yeah. Badalona is actually like, they're considered the European capital of the basketball. There's like self-proclaimed, I think, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but take it, uh, take yeah it. no I mean, yeah absolutely they're running with it so um yeah i definitely definitely <clears throat> see the competitive aspect of it and once the ball goes up you don't really notice them too much but it, it is the the highs of the game are that much higher and the lows of the game are that much lower you know it's, it was yeah. an Oz and, 
and those little things that you don't really notice in the game until it's not there but uh cool we'll look forward to some of those stories we've had you know lots of guys and and, and women who have played overseas and that, like some of the stories are crazy and and uh look forward i always like hearing those things because i think like you said a lot of north american people who don't know know like the passion and pride right so we'll look forward to getting into yeah. that and and funny that you touched on how you like to speak and talk because the one thing that you probably don't remember uh, when Cam Morris was in grade 12, mm-hmm. we came to a practice. We came and watched you guys practice because he was, you know, strongly considering going to UBC. And then I just couldn't believe, like, you didn't shut up the whole practice. Like, I, we were there for about an hour and, like, I heard your voice for 56 minutes of it. And the four was when you were getting water in a good way. But it was just like I was super blown away with your energy and your your ability to try and like just motivate and inspire the guys or whether you're talking trash or letting the other team yeah. know how, how bad they're getting beat down in two on one so <laughs> um and i don't think like a lot of people really know that side of you you know watching when you watch someone play basketball so this is the cool part about the show is the ins and outs so let's get into it talk to us about Vancouver Island and growing up and basketball sort of coming into your life there's a little uh we have a small kind of connection um which I feel bad about because we cut you from the U15 team back in the day (laughs) but you got the pleasure of playing for Jeff Gurley and but I think it's important because we've had many different paths and different journeys and you know you are you're someone who's still coming into their own I think you would admit to yourself right in terms Mm -hmm. of your game And, and I think that you know kids feel like at 14 or 15 if you don't make a provincial team then well that's the end but i think there's you know your story alone i'm almost 27 (laughs) yeah right and when do we actually peak athletically is another story but uh yeah talk about young life for you and and why basketball started to come around and who are the influences and coaches for you over there and and growing up in uh, the mount doug area for sure yeah it's been a while since i heard that Uh, Yeah. (laughs) yeah um Grew up in in Victoria. Um, <laughs> what can I say? I had a couple great parents. Um, I really when when I looked over your, your script there, kind of you were saying who are the biggest mentors in your life, and I think for sure my two parents, um, without a doubt, um, without a doubt, it's both of them. Without them, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be where I am today for sure. Um, some of the things they've stopped me from doing, some of the things they've made me do, you know. Um, so that for sure, mentorship wise, they've been there for me every step of the way. Even to this day, I talk to my dad, and my mom every single day, I call them once or twice a week. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Victoria, uh, went to Frank Hobbs elementary school, went to, and that was actually where I was introduced to basketball grade four. Uh, Mrs. Davies came into the classroom. I'll never forget it. She's like, Connor, you should try basketball. You might be good at it. I'm like, all right, cool. So I went down to the gym her, oh, <laughs> I was pretty good at it. <laughs> and then, uh, middle school came around. I went to Arbutus, actually, is the same place that Steve Nash went to middle school. Yes, sir. Um, Arbutus Middle School over there in, in uh, where is that? Gordon Head? No, Saanich? I don't know. I should know, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Just up the road uh, from Frank Hobbs, down the road from, from Mount Doug. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, high school Mount Doug. Uh, and I think there was a time there when I decided that I was going to play basketball for real. I think it was around mm-hmm. grade nine. I think it was going into high school. Um, my dad was actually a teacher at Mount Doug when I was in grade eight at 
Arbutus. And let me get this straight here in my head. He Come on, retired. man. You're not like 55. You just told us you're 27. <laughs> no. This kid not that long ago. <laughs> no, he, he retired the year that I went to Mount Doug. So I didn't. Uh, he wasn't a teacher there when I went. Was that good um, or bad? I was. It was great for me. Um, yeah, honestly, yeah. a lot can't of ruin the rep, really, right? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people really like playing for their parents, and for me, it was it was a challenge. I don't know why, but I saw him as my dad. I didn't see him as my coach, and I Fair really enough. struggled to take to take criticism and take things from him. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, to this day, I, I can probably tell you that I wish I was better at it because it would have helped me a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so. Went to Mount Doug, uh, and then I think I think I decided to seriously to, to, to pursue basketball kind of my grade nine year. I uh, started growing a little bit as well, um, and I think my mom came up to me one time, and she's like, Connor, listen, like, we're putting out a lot of money for these sports right now. Like, we're, we're you're, I was, a, I was playing golf at the time. I was playing volleyball. I was trying to play soccer as well. And I was playing basketball. So I was a multi-sport athlete growing up, obviously. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, she was like, listen, Connor, I think you should, I think you'd be pretty good at basketball. Like, what do you think? I was like, yeah, that's it. So just from that day on, I just (laughs) blindly went into it and I was like, let's do that one. Uh, and then nine grade nine and 10, uh, in my, I don't know what do they call that freshman in, in high school or yeah. uh, junior junior team. That's what they call it. Junior uh, team, yeah. so on your junior team. Yeah. My, my dad and skip Kronk were the, were the coaches. Um, and then into my grade 11 and 12 year, I grew like something crazy, like five inches or something like that. I think that was maybe the same year you cut me from, from the provincial team. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as well. no, I was technically the <laughs> assistant coach. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, but that's yeah, one of the okay, things all right. though. Yeah, that's all good. Then. No yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, honestly, when we were evaluating players, we're looking at you and you're like, you were tall and lanky and like, you could really shoot it, but you could just tell that you still had so much developing yeah. to do. Right. I and it also was taken me either. Yeah, yeah, and it was one, of, but it was also one of those things where we look at it as like, okay, well, maybe he's a tenth man, but then he's probably a starter on the, on the B team with Coach Gurley, and just gets more experience and playing time, right? And and I, for sure, that, and I think that's an sure. important part of your story is just like that. Body types are different, minds are different. Mm-hmm. They all develop at different phases and times, right? And you're talking about five inches in a year, like that is freaking crazy. Like yeah, that's a lot. It was of, wild. It was wild. Man. <laughs> he must have just been eating nonstop. Yeah, I came back from like my grade ten year to eleven year, and I was like six six. And by the end of the year, I was like six eight. And by the end of my grade twelve year, I was like six nine. Mm-hmm. Um, had a bunch of interest, and uh, yeah. But kind of backing up a little bit, I remember what's the first year for Team BC? I think it was U fourteen, correct? I think you do like yeah. There's like a club championship, like you play for your region, mm-hmm. and then U fifteen is yeah. the first provincial yeah, that's what team. It was. Yeah, U fifteen. Yeah. So yeah. I remember I, I went over to Vancouver at uh, the SFU gym. Uh, and there was the U15 Team BC tryouts, and I was just like so excited. I was like, let's try to make this team. Like, I just came in. There's a million kids in the gym. I'm like, all right, how, how can I separate myself here, and how can I like really prove these guys that I can shoot the ball? Because I knew at the time that was my strength. That's what my that's what my father taught me at a young age to do. Uh, that's what my dad was when he was a basketball player as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he went, actually went to uh, a junior college, George Fox, uh, on a basketball baseball scholarship. He was a, he was a catcher. I was going to um, say, shout so, out your dad. Yeah. He's in, yeah, people know athlete. those that know, know. we got <laughs> yeah, a lot of no, Island uh, listeners, man. They'll know. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I wish, I wish I had a, uh, a little bit more, 
a little bit more game film back in, in that day, but yeah. unfortunately there wasn't any. So um, would have loved oh, to, to see him see him be able to play and put the ball in the hoop that I heard so so many good things about. Uh, but he definitely taught me the fundamentals the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and going into that Team BC tryout, I just knew that I, I wanted to portray that I could really shoot the ball, and and I think I did. Uh, obviously, I ended up like just making it on the team. I was kind of on the bubble and ended up making the team, and from that day on, I was kind of like, okay, basketball is, is kind of a thing for me, and I think I'm pretty good at it, so I'm just going to keep working as hard as I can, and that's kind of when I started this like long, slow grind of, of trying to get to where I am today. You know, That's mm-hmm. kind of the day it started for me. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, and I, and I guess too, one of the, the benefits was like you, I'm assuming you trained as a guard and then all of a sudden you have this growth mm-hmm. and you're still a guard, but now you're like six, six, yeah. right? like, yeah, and, that definitely and, happened to me for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting too, cause from a high school perspective, sometimes as a coach, I get caught up more in our team winning as opposed to what's the best development for our kids. Like we don't, we're not moving a ton of kids on. Right. And, and, and like some, you know, we've had some good runs where guys have moved on and, and played post-secondary in some years where none do, but also trying to have in the back of your mind, what's best for the kid. And instead of like, like myself, I was six, four and I just got thrown in the post in high school. Right. And it was like an undersized post my whole life. Yeah. And then I got to play Then I played at Brandon and I was a standstill three point shooter because that's what I had to do. Right. So it was like, mm-hmm. the, I think for you, that's a huge part of your development, the growth spurt, but you're training like a guard and you've got all these skills. And now your body's caught up and it's like, okay, look out. Right. What was, what was the yeah, island like for absolutely. high school ball your senior years, like 11 and 12? Were there some rivalry games? Were you guys solid? How was it? Yeah, we had we had a couple 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 barn burners for sure. Uh, we played against Oak Bay. Uh, that was our that was our rivalry team. Uh, us mm-hmm. and Oak Bay was it was a great matchup. Uh, there was always a good crowd there. I think we had one game that went into double or triple overtime. Like it was absolutely insane. Some of the best best memories I have of basketball. Most the most pure the sport is in high school. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and interesting too. You say. As a coach over here, I mean, in Europe and at the professional level, it's all about winning games. Uh, but in, in the high school high school level, it's definitely more about the development. And but as a, as a coach, I could definitely see how you can get caught up. And I want to win this game. I'm going to put my six foot five. Maybe he's going to be a two guard at the next level. I'm going to put him in the post, and he's going to go score every time he touches it. Um, so I mean, I definitely think there's a time and place for it, but. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's got to be like that develop like like you said that development side is so much more important at that at that time and and I don't think that um, as a player or as a kid you really understand that um, I think when I was growing up I kind of just got lucky I was always kind of six two six three okay he can play the three for us on the high school team and lucky I had my dad there as well you know so he was mm-hmm. kind of coddling and nurturing it and he, I think he kind of saw that. Yeah, he's going to be big eventually, but if he can shoot and he can do these things, it'll it'll just make him that much more of a weapon uh, offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, moving into my my grade twelve year at at uh, in high school, uh, I started working with him a little bit more in the post because he's like, okay, now you're, you're six eight six nine. We didn't think you were going to get this tall. Like you're going to have to play in the post now. So yeah, I was playing like the point guard in grade nine, and by the end of the my high school career, I was like a two through five so yeah it was great and did you did you play u17 as well on u17 team and stuff or did you did you not not, no you didn't yeah i um what happened so So it's stay on the island so i got cut from the u16 team was it with you 
U16 team, I think it was, yeah. or U17. And then I got, what, what it was is I got cut from CP. Ah, uh, okay. and, then I, and then I was like, all right, like these guys aren't going to put me on the, the provincial team the same summer. So I was like, I'm just going to go play for Eli Pasquale. Yep. And um, he had his own like rep team in, in Victoria. And I was like, I'm nice. just going to go play on that. Like Eli is a great was a great player back in the day. I'm sure there's a million things I can learn from him. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to go play for him. And, and Vito was the was the head coach. Eli was the assistant coach. Shout out Vito. Uh, so we, yeah, Vito, great guy. guy. Uh, yeah. So we went down to Vegas uh, a couple times. Generated a little bit of attention down there. Nothing crazy, uh, but uh, yeah. So I, I played on that team that summer, and then right. I actually ended up making the national team. The same time, the same, it was like the next year I got cut from CP, from CP I mean, the national team. So I, that was my, like, like my getting back at Team BC, you know, I was like, I made the national team. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was good. That was nice. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that was my summer. I think I developed a lot that summer, too, because mm-hmm. I, I had more of a bigger role on that team. I was playing with all my friends in Victoria, too. We were all, it was so much fun. Uh and, and yeah, like Eli and Vito really saw the potential in me as well. Um, yeah. and yeah, it was, I think that was one of the biggest summers that I, I had for sure. It was my grade 11 to 12 summer. Yeah. That's cool, man. I know. I mean, rest in peace, Eli, but like you get the opportunity mm-hmm. to play under one of the greatest point guards Canada's ever yeah. seen, right? Like absolutely the dynasty at UVic. And I mean, it's just interesting people. And, you know, I think there was a time where, you know, baby basketball we see in the provincial team was the standard and then the club systems sort of started to come in and now everybody's kind of doing their own thing. But for you to be able to for use sure. that and be like, okay, well, mm-hmm. even if you did make CP, the commitment to like hop on the boat every, every you know, Friday come over lot. for the yeah. week, yeah, it's a lot, right? And then, sure. you know, yeah. shout out to those guys for, for creating that opportunity for you and, and your crew to just compete and hoop mm-hmm. and still have the same chance, right? Go down to Vegas and check things out and, and see what it's like. And you're down there and, and um, the thing I'm always impressed with our guests is everyone's so well-spoken and they speak well, but you can tell everybody's got like dog inside of them. <clears throat> they just don't really bring it out in like a podcast. You know what I mean? Like it's like, it's a podcast. It's casual. There's no competition here, but when you're down there, are you starting to compare yourself and see where you're at? And then I'm just interested in terms of, cause it doesn't happen a lot. We don't see an Island guy come over to be a T-bird or, uh, you know, play at SFU or, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. how did you get to that decision and decide that UBC was going to be the destination for you? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like I said before, we went down to Vegas. Um, I think there's different uh, levels for those tournaments. So like there's the the platinum division, there's the gold division, there's the silver division. So like the Team BC ones and the blue, the best teams, I think they're in the platinum or the gold. Uh, with Victoria, the Victoria prep team, I think we're kind of more gold silver. So there wasn't as many teams looking at me. Um, whereas I felt obviously, like you said, the dog and competitiveness, I felt like I was as good as anybody there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wasn't playing in front of 50, 20, hundred different coaches. You know, I played in front of maybe one or two. I think I talked to, I talked to a couple division, division one schools in the university of Maine and I talked to Hawaii a little bit. And, uh, the Portland pilots were very, very interested. That was the one that I was like, maybe going to do it. Um, but ultimately I, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to make a, a Canadian university basketball decision. Uh, and then, cause I think the signing period and the way it worked out was, um, it, it was, it was like, I, I was waiting. I was kind of put on like a waiting list, you know what I mean? For like the, mm. the division one team. 
Uh, and yeah. it got to the point where I was like, all right, listen, like it's it's not worth it to me go south. Like I'm gonna be I'm gonna get put on the bench like the 11th or 12th dude. Like I want to play Division One basketball just as bad as anybody else. But if I can go to Canada and develop and and be that much better in the years after, you know what I mean? Then I'm gonna have a better career. And and I always wanted to play pro basketball. That was kind of my ultimate goal. And I felt that I could. Uh, I'm I'm a very like hard worker, very very patient as well. Uh, so I can, I, I, I chose kind of to, to take the Canadian basketball route and uh, be what's the what's the expression a, a big fish in a small pond I guess that's kind of what I what I wanted a little bit more, um, so yeah my, my but ultimately I was I was between uh, UVic obviously uh, UBC and uh, I think there was one other and I think Calgary was I was talking to Calgary a little bit but uh, yeah ultimately it came down between UVic and UBC. Uh, and the biggest thing that everybody to this day, I'm, I'm not very active or, or vocal on, on social media and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. um, when I, when I did make, make my decision, I made my decision solely based on the fact that I wanted to move away from university. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to move away. I wanted to learn how to grow up a little bit. I wanted to do my own laundry, burn my own meals and, and be like, like, you know, starving yeah. for the night. I wanted, I wanted those experiences in the res and, mm-hmm. and I want, and both my parents did it. That was, that was one of my biggest things. And, and like I said before, they're one of my biggest role models and, and, and people that I look up to the most, um, are those two. So, I mean, they both moved away and my whole time when I was growing up, they said how good it was for them and how they wouldn't be the same person they am today. And I completely agree with that. I mean, when I went to UBC for ended up being six years, it was, it was one of the best decisions of my life that I made. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't even going to play for basketball or any of those reasons. It was because I moved out of Victoria and out of the comfortable situation I was in there. And, and that, that being said, when I made the decision to go to UBC, it was a five-year decision. You know what I mean? Cause I knew coming out of high school, I was, I was 190 pounds and I had to run around in the shower to get wet. You know what I mean? I was, I was a very skinny, skinny six, nine kid. <laughs> I knew, I knew coming to UBC, I was going to be playing against Tommy Nixon. I was going to be playing against Doug Plum, like all these big time, like all of all Canadian dudes. So I was like, I can go there and I can develop. I can get an extra year. I was born in August. So it's only going to help me if I go there and have more time. We want to take a moment and thank our sponsor, Parkside Brewery. Located in the heart of Port Moody on Brewers Row, Parkside offers an amazing atmosphere with one of the best summer patios around. If you can't make it to the brewery located at 2731 Murray Street, then hit any government retail store and try the Don Pilsner, the Dusk Pale Ale, or my favorite, the Dreamboat Hazy IPA. A Hoops Journey promises that the beer at Parkside is much, much, much better than the owner, Sam Payne's streaky jump shot. We hope to see you Parkside. After a brief hiatus, Goodlad Clothing has returned, but under a new location, 3283 Main Street is where they can be found. Name drop a hoops journey to get 10% off any clothing items in store. The store no longer offers barber, but you can find the best retail around. Thanks to our sponsor, Good Lad Clothing, and we hope to see you there. Awesome insight, man. There's a huge gap like between a 17, 18 year old and a 21, 22 year old, right? And and it's so funny too. Like um, you sound 
it sounds like you're pretty lucky in the parenting that you received, right? Because, you know, being a high school teacher and trying to talk to seniors about their choices and like, I, I'm the same. Like, I wish I left earlier too. Like, I almost feel like I hung around at Langara too long and should have just experienced. I mean, my parents moved back to islands, so I got that experience early, but... I think first year I wasn't ready. It was very immature. So, I, I mean, I failed out my first year and was living at home. So my first year away might have been not so good. But, like, to have parents... <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> now, master's degree. <laughs> master's degree. Gonzaga, get off me. Um, but just for, for two parents to say, like, because we hear parents say, like, oh, I'm going to miss them. And, no, I don't, want, I don't want you to go away. And you've got parents saying, like, no, do it. Go for it. Supporting you and saying, yeah, grow up, learn. And, and I, that's, I don't know. I, I don't think you can really put, you can't put a value on those experiences, man. And then, and then you know, being able to transition to playing for Canada, now going overseas and playing, like now it's just comfortable for you because you've experienced those uncomfortable things and you touched said Absolutely. that, you said, yeah, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like you said, being uncomfortable and uh, being comfortable in an uncomfortable environment kind of mm-hmm. is something you got to be good at when you travel as much as I, I mean, I, I went from Victoria to you, to Vancouver for six years when I was younger, and then I went to New Zealand for three months, and then now I'm living. I've lived in Barcelona for three years. I, I picked up the language a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, and I was listening to Levon's podcast the other day. Like he was, he was talking about how much he likes Spain and and how it was kind of pulling on his heartstrings a little bit. That's where it's at for me right now. So like the way of life here is just amazing. Like it's yeah. But I mean, yeah, just being being comfortable in, in that uncomfortable situation and. And having my parents to really not, they didn't influence my decision at all. I mean, it was my decision to go to UBC. My dad was like, yeah. Connor, you can't make a, a, a wrong choice here. You can go to UVic. I can watch all your games. He's like, selfishly, I want you to go to UVic. Like, I can watch all your games. <laughs> my mom was the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But they were like, you can do whatever you want. It's your decision. We have absolutely no no input in this. Do whatever you want. So it was completely on me to go to UBC. Uh, and I, I, I would make that, I'd make the same decision. Uh, I think that over. Nice. And then talk about that, that first, mm-hmm. you take the ferry over with the fam, you pack your whole life into one, one or two bags <laughs> and, uh, and it's go time. Park. <laughs> yeah. Were you in totem? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was. Yeah. So that, that summer actually was the, when I made the, the the national team for the first okay. time so that was the u17 team right u18 team and uh so that was my summer was that 12. Like? um that was crazy that was actually um that was insane yeah i'm not going to do the story of justice but i'm going to try it mm. so yeah, i went to so how did this works so I, I committed to ubc uh in the summertime and then uh through kevin Hanson, he helped me secure an invite just to the training camp of the national team, the junior national team. Uh, and Roy Rana was the head coach. Um, so he got, I think me and Jordan, he got me and Jordan Jensen white, uh, an invite kind of to the, to the training camp. Um, I'm not too sure what, how, what happened there, but he kind of made my name a little bit more um, exposed. I mean, I was an Island guy. Not a lot of people knew about me. I mean, I talked to three, like six to seven different universities coming out. <laughs> That's it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So going to the junior national team press was quite an eye opener. 
Um, like I walked into the gym the first day of them and there's again, like it was pretty similar to the, to the team BC tryouts. Uh, I was like, how can I prove to prove to these coaches and, and these people I was back in Toronto with a, with a time change. How can I prove to them that I belong on this team and how can I make this team? So I walk into the gym the first day, you got Andrew Wiggins, you got Trey Lyles, you got Tyler Ennis. Like very established NBA pros now, yeah. And at the at the time, they were all known in Toronto. Everybody knew yeah. who they were. They're getting they're having cameras follow them around. I'm like, I, I don't know any of these guys. You're are. still trying to grow <laughs> armpit hair, right? <laughs> I, I, I had no idea who any of these dudes were, and uh, yeah, and that actually kind of helped me. I mean, I kind of went in blindly and just started hoping. And I just like Love the it. competitive the competitor in me. I was. I was, I was getting, I was just kind of playing basketball and when the ball came to me, I shot it and I made more than I missed. And I think the coaches, the coaching staff like that. So, uh, <laughs> they, they brought me on as that kind of 10th, 11th guy, uh, as a shooter. Uh, and I'll never forget the day that I kind of figured out that, uh, it's, I made the national team. I was in the Ryerson dorms. So there was the way it worked. There was like two different cuts, I think. And the first cut, it was like 50 guys in the gym and, and they got it down to after the first week, they got it down to like 15 guys, I think. And they were taking 12. We were going to Brazil for the Americas. We we're trying to qualify for the Worlds, which is in the Czech Republic. Uh, and we, they got it down to like 15 or 16 guys. Uh, so we all went back to school for like a week. I don't know why. And then they brought us back the next weekend. Uh, so I went like back and forth and then, um, I think probably that cheaper week, for them I, that way. Yeah. Save a buck. Uh, yeah. But that week, I think Kev, Kevin Casey Archibald came over to the Island and they were like, all right, Connor, like you can make this team like blah, blah, blah. And just kind of telling me like things to do in the tryouts and like what coaches are looking for. Cause at the time I was, I was a high school kid. I never, never, I hadn't shot a ball kind of outside the Mount Doug gym, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Was Archie I, uh, your assistant your first year? He was. Yeah. yeah great dude. Dope. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my, my assistant in my first year. Love it. Uh, but then long story short, I, I, I fly back the next the next uh the next weekend uh and i will never forget my mom was like because uh, the, the coaches were like you guys should pack for um in case you make the team to go to brazil which mm-hmm. was you have to pack a lot more than if you were going for three days and get cut and come home mm-hmm. so my mom was like packing for me i was like mom like there's no way i'm gonna make this team like <laughs> mm-hmm. andrew wiggins is the number one draft pick and he hasn't even <laughs> left high school what are we talking about <laughs> Uh, and then she's like, Connie, you're going to make this team. Like you're a gamer. Like I know you, and I know your personality. So, um, i sure, sure enough. I went out, uh, again, had a no miss week, <laughs> no miss week, made everything I looked at. It was amazing. Uh, and then, uh, from that day on, yeah, I was sitting in the Ryerson dorms and they were kind of doing the last cuts and just looking around the room. I could kind of figure out like who was in the room talking to the coaches, who was there, who was this, who was that. I was like, oh my God, did I just make the national team? And I'll never forget that, like, your sense of, like, pride that I had. It was like, I'm going to be wearing my country's flag in Brazil. Like, I don't even yeah. care if I play. On like, a basketball jersey. so excited. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I got to miss all my final exams in high yes. school. <laughs> it was amazing. It was the best thing as a high school kid. Um, that's what got luckily, you into UBC. Yeah. They just gave you your grade that you had, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I had to do a couple makeup assignments, but yeah, it was great. Um, went that's down cool. to Brazil. We qualified. Uh, ended up getting cut the next year, uh, but that motivated me even more. 
um, kind of moving forward. Uh, but yeah, so going into my first year at UBC with that one, just that thing of, of national team experience on my yeah. belt gave me a lot of confidence going in. You did the story uh, justice, man. Year. You did the story yeah, justice. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's cool. Yeah, no, it was it was really, really good. Um, so then I had, had to straight to training camp with Kev. Uh, and I think that made Kev kind of respect me a little bit more too. You know, like a, think of it like a 190 pound, uh, six, eight white kid going up to Toronto and somehow making a national team like that. Yeah. There's, there's gotta be a little bit of dog in him in order to, to do that. So I think that changes things, right? Wowed him a little bit. Yeah. So he was kind of, yeah. like, okay, this kid can, this kid can play. So yeah, I definitely improved my role. I think in my first year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, I, I played the two, three in my first year at UBC. Uh, which not a lot of people know. I played like 10 minutes a game, shot at like 40%, mm-hmm, <laughs> stood in the corner, made everything I looked at. And, and yeah, just all good, positive vibes. With Doug, Dougie Plum, Plum on the team leading us. Uh, ended up winning the Ken West that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, man, it was a great year. It was one of the most fun years I had playing basketball. Um, kind of going going in as a freshman, not a, not a lot of people know it. Like there's no pressure on you. Like you go in and you carry the bags. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to do team meetings. You don't have to facilitate all these things. You just carry the bag, shut up, and play basketball. And I loved it. <laughs> um, it was great. Uh, moving forward into my UBC career, obviously, was great. But uh, that first year at UBC was special, very mm-hmm. special. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, th- one thing about Kev, too, he likes he likes scores, right? So, like, if you can knock it down, he's going to tell you, like, if you're if you're open, let it fly, right? And I think just getting the, that, getting that early experience. Because when you think of – the the difference for Canada that just that extra year that fifth year makes such a difference right it's like you such a good mm-hmm. point that I never thought of that 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 freshman year is almost like a it's not a throwaway year but it's mm-hmm. all just experience because you're like you're still changing so much and then after that you for still sure. have four more years to compete right like it's crazy mm-hmm. um for sure yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely I mean the biggest year for me at UBC was my second year Mm. Uh, it's when, when I broke, when I didn't play or I redshirted, I broke That's my right. foot. Um, so I came back from the national team, got cut. I was angry. I was so motivated to play basketball. And I was just, I was just like, wanted to prove to everybody. They took another guy over me. I'm not going to mention his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, to this day, <laughs> I think we can see his, it's on the wall it. behind you there. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'll tell you off the record maybe, but yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah I wasn't too happy about that. Um, <laughs> but no, that motivated me going into the summer, and I think it almost kind of over motivated me. Um, I was working out. I was like a crazy person, man. Like I was working out like an insane. I lived in Vancouver. I went to the weight room every day, like. And I ended up, like, I had a stress fracture, right? So it was just overload, like, too much at one time. Because uh, we started our, our training camp that year was crazy, too. Kev, Kev just, I don't know, he woke up and thought we should have 100 practices. <laughs> <laughs> so we, were, we did two days, I think, for a week straight. Uh, and that's, it was it was definitely tough. But it was no means to, to that. I, w- I was working so hard in the summer, and I was doing so much that my body just couldn't couldn't keep up with it. And... I just had this like pinching feeling in my, in my left foot and whenever I jumped or kind of got athletic and I was kind of like, okay, like this, I was, I was about a weekend and I was like, okay, there's something wrong here. Like it's not getting any better. It's like, it's getting worse if anything. Mm-hmm. So I saw my, my guy, Marky Rosardo. He was like, yeah, yes. that's a broken bone. Like you gotta, you gotta take some, take some time here. So, um, I think it was the initial diagnosis was like three months non weight bearing. Um, and I, at the time I lived in 
uh, gauge residence with Jordan White. And oh, I had to crutch around the UBC campus for three months. Oh. <laughs> and it's, if anybody knows the UBC campus, it it's is enormous. huge. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. This is pre like e-bike like or e-scooter, right? <laughs> yeah, there's none of that. No, it was like, it's, it's like a city. It has its own hospital, a couple really grocery is. stores. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, that was a tough year. Jordan White helped me out a lot. Mm. Um, the team, the team that year was, was really struggling. Uh, I saw Jordan go through some of the highest and some of the lowest times I've ever seen a guy go through on a basketball court. And I knew from that day on, I was like, this guy is my brother. Like I know mm -hmm. I can go to war with him whenever with whatever, you know, like I saw mm -hmm. him go through some of the hardest times without me. Uh, and from that day on, I was like, okay, me and Jordan are going to do this thing. And, um, I think that year, I may as well had had a bed in the weight room because I had pretty much lived there. And yeah. I went from 190 pounds in my first year. I, was, I got up to 230 in my second year. So I was just like, yeah, living and breathing in the weight room. Uh, and I was, I was shooting every morning. Uh, me and Jordan, I'd wake him up before practice. We would go like an hour, hour and a half before we work out before practice. Uh, and then we would practice. Uh, and that helped me so much too. It just kind of, we got into that slow grind, you know, and that's, mm -hmm. that's part of the reason why I think me and him were so successful there because we had each other and, uh, and, and we had so we went through so many things, you know, mm -hmm. he could hoop, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was a hooper. Yeah. Could he ever. And okay. So then you, you took the three months and rehabbed and then kind of just slowly got back on your feet, but basically yeah. just lifted. <laughs> I got off on a tangent there. That's bad. okay. No, uh, no, no. It's good. Yeah. So, so I took the three months off, uh, and then being a young kid who'd never had a real big injury before, I didn't realize that I wouldn't be able to play basketball after three months. Like it wasn't like just take the crutches right. out and give me and give me a ball and I can go yeah. play. You know, it was it was like okay, now you have another two months of rehab. Yeah. So I was like, all right, at that point, it's Christmas. Kev's like, yeah, like, man, let's just shut it down for the year. I was like, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, I can get a lot more done, I think, if I'm not playing. And and he's like, our he's like, our team right now is not in a place where if you do come back, it's it, it's going to help us a lot, but it's not going to it's not going to be the end all be all, you know. So he's like, I think you should take the year and just get ready for next year. And I remember we were in Hawaii, Honolulu at the time, uh, and he was like, yeah. So it, it allowed me to really work on me, and it allowed me to work on my individual stuff and, and i came back in my third year and, and had a it was it was amazing man. my third mm -hmm. my fourth and fifth year were the, were the two biggest years i had uh, of eligibility obviously so fifth and sixth year at ubc yeah but uh those those next two years after were, were learning years as well um jordan kind of came into his own in my my fifth year and then sixth year i was without him his fifth year, he was just a monster. Like I had never mm -hmm. seen a dude play that. Like he was a monster defending everything. Uh, like just beast transition wizard. Like just, uh, it was so fun to play with him. Um, yeah. But then, uh, yeah, the, the one thing that my red shirt year did do uh, was it, it didn't allow me to, to graduate with him. Uh, and right. that was one part that I was, I was, Honestly, it was the only reason I wanted to, to keep playing and use up that eligibility was to graduate with him. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, that wasn't a good enough uh, pro to uh, to sway me. So yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think I think I made the right decision. But uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it was a great time. Good good yeah. year, good year for me, my second year. 
that's awesome, man. And then, mm-hmm. you know, going forwards, like UBC gets to host Nats, you get to an all Canadian level, mm-hmm. like your, your final year numbers are bananas is like almost 24 and 10 or something like that. Like just absolutely just ripping it. Right. And, and, yeah. um, did you, were you always like a leader and a captain sort of guy at the younger ages, or did you just, when you were developing, did you have confidence or were you very self-conscious about like, okay, I'm the tall Absolutely lanky kid. not. Yeah. No, you no, weren't, I was, eh? I was not a very confident yeah. player. Um, and I think yeah. that's one thing Kev really did help me with. Um, where I was a very competitive player and I was a very, like when I got into the game, I was, I was like, but I wasn't kind of that vocal leader, you know, mm. and I wasn't that, I wasn't that guy that was like, okay, I'm going to go give you 40 tonight. You know, like I wasn't, mm. I wasn't that like guy who had that ultimate confidence in himself. Uh, but I think through my, like my grind and my, and my work ethic and, and my just constant hours in the gym, I developed that, you know, that was something that came with my practice and it came with and like practice breeds confidence, you know, for me, sure. that's, that was one of the most true statements and, and one of the biggest things that I saw come true for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I don't really remember that practice. You were there. Um, mm-hmm. but oh, it was just I like think, a, it was just like a mid-year practice. Like yeah, it was like a Wednesday I, I, afternoon. You're like, what's up coach. And then like, I tried to talk and Kev roasted me in front of all you guys and made fun of me as he does. And then you guys started practicing and I was like, I just looked at Cam. And I was like, why would you not want to play with this guy? Like I was like, I would have yeah, liked to play with like, you, yeah, we would have gone at it and then we would have been buddies. Like I, like you, I just was like, man, this guy, he's on another level. He's not like everybody else that's playing on this court right now. It was, it was pretty cool to experience. Yeah. I mean, go, I mean that year and, and those years I was like, okay, I was finally got into Kev made me a captain in my third year, mm-hmm. or second or third year just to kind of, cause he knew that eventually I was going to get to that level. And eventually I was going to be the leader of this team mm-hmm. and, and within me and Jordan, it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, once I kind of got there and I saw the guys before me, the way Doug did it and the way, the way Tommy did it and the way many other guys did that I'm sure I'm not mentioning their names. Cause I just can't think off the top of my head like that. It's all good. But, um, yeah, I just got to that point and I just kind of wanted to embrace every single person that I'd play with and that leadership mentality. And I wanted to portray it and I wanted to, I wanted to yell at guys. I wanted to be positive with guys like guys that were kind of struggling a little bit more in practice. I need to give them some positive encouragement The rookies. It's all positive. You can't be negative with them at all. Um, and then, yeah, it got to the point where, where I was pretty confident with it and, and I knew kind of what to do. And I knew what Kev was thinking a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my fifth year and then in my sixth year when Jordan wasn't there, it was even more so like that where I was the only guy who'd been there for that long, like six years, is a long time in one place. So I knew every single practice plan that Kev had. I knew every single practice. I knew every single riveting speech he was going to give us before a game. Uh, and I knew every single negative speech that he was going to give us after the game. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty prepared for it. And I tried to get everybody else as prepared as I could and, and I think for me, kind of back to that point of, of just like never shutting up during practice, it really motivates me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm talking and, and, I'm, and I'm screaming and I'm yelling, I'm having fun because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a pretty loud person, uh, <laughs> which which nobody would think because I, I don't talk or do anything on, on Instagram or social media. And all that stuff. What do you mean? But that's not real life. I'm a pretty. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't believe in that stuff. I don't really like it too much, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I love screaming and yelling, and, and that's the time kind of when you're not in class and you're you're not having to 
the real that's that's the easiest time of your life when you're on the basketball floor. There's no there's no responsibilities. You just have to put the ball in the hoop. You have to stop them from putting in the hoop and hopefully you can do it more than the other team and you can win. So yeah. Corbs. Very competitive practices at uh, at UBC for sure. Corbs, you got a round of applause here. Like this this is golden nuggets. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> it's like I Connor, if I had a dollar for every time I told the kids at our school, like, I see you in the hall, you won't shut up. I see you in class, you won't shut up. I see you running around the school, you won't shut up. We get you on the basketball court and we're like. I'm like, come on, man, this is the place to go nuts. Like, I should be telling you, okay, just let me talk for a sec, right? Like. I just, I just, it's, mm-hmm. I totally agree. And it just, it creates a great competitive environment. And I was blown away. I got the yeah. chance to go to the Duke, uh, coaching clinic a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was kind of a down year. They didn't really have many studs, but the first thing they did was just like a two pa- two person passing drill. And they had to like scream each other's name. Like, and I'm like, this yeah, is Duke. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is the most basic drill. And he's forcing like communication right yeah. in their faces. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so any last sort of reflections on the UBC, the ups, the downs, any regrets? I mean, I, I remember uh, I had a buddy who lived in Edmonton who played. Kevin Kev and I convinced him to come play with us at Langara for a year. Mm-hmm. He flew out for the Nats. We actually uh, we booked a room on on campus for the for the Nationals. So Did we basically you? yeah oh yeah yeah we uh, we lived at Mahoney's for the week and then would walk over and watch all the games right and and that Good was for you guys yeah I mean yeah. just from a from a fan perspective right hadn't had the opportunity to play at the Nats in in um, Halifax right and um, mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. lost to Randy Nor and the boys in the national final and then just so many great memories from that. I was like, this is such yeah. a big moment for Vancouver and basketball. And I, and I feel like sometimes on the West coast, we undervalue and underappreciate just the talent that's on the floor. Like every time I get a chance to watch UBC or whoever play, I'm like, mm-hmm. these guys are like so much better than I was like this. The game has developed and changed <laughs> so much. Like it's crazy, man. And I just, and then, but then I look and I'm like, Oh, it looks like maybe there's 200 people in the crowd. I'm like, there should be a thousand yeah. people watching these guys play. They're freaking phenomenal, right? So yeah, it's it's definitely a good product for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last thing that I'd probably add about my UBC career and kind of tying it in with with your story there is mm-hmm. that Ryerson game, man. That was I wasn't probably sure if you wanted to go there. The, yeah, no, we'll go there. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. It was probably one of the biggest uh, motivators I've ever had playing basketball. Um, Why is that? I'll never forget the week after that Ryerson game. How like upset and how like it was like a basketball hangover it was like Mm -hmm. i just i i didn't know like what it was terrible like i think Mm -hmm. i had a terrible game i mean i was i think i picked up my fifth foul foul of the game mid mid fourth quarter when my team needed me the most Mm -hmm. um and we had jordan we had dave we had great players um but i'd like to think that it wasn't the same without me out there you know and Mm -hmm. and moving into the summer it was it was it, it like i just found a way to mode it like it, it changed my entire career like mm-hmm. it the next year was that year that i had, had the greatest year um individually at least uh, and as a team we're very good as well um yeah. but that was the next year and the year after that were the two best years that i had at ubc um i think for i was a first team all canadian i think both years uh but yeah that ryerson loss was a result of what happened 
the next years and yeah. I, I just i became possessed almost like it, yeah. it was almost unhealthy because i, I was yeah. i was working almost too hard you know Didn't <laughs> like, stress, no more stress fractures though so that was good yeah no yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now <laughs> if that, i recall was, you guys yeah. you guys hosted so you didn't you didn't win Ken West or anything. Like you were the eight seed, right? Ryerson yeah. was one. So is that we right? got upset to Thompson Rivers in Calgary. That's uh, right. They beat, they beat us. And then it was Calgary one, Ken West, Thompson Rivers second, we were third. We came in as the eight seed. Right. Uh, and it's funny, I always I always talk to the guys on the national team like Aaron Best and those guys that were on that team, Badika, J V, uh, the head coach Patrick Tatum that year because Rana took a sabbatical. Yeah, uh, he was at the past window. We had talked about it every window. It's like, you, how are you guys the eight seed, man? Like, what's yeah, yeah. going on? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's always fun to to, to chop it up with those guys at the, in the FIBA windows. But um, yeah, ultimately, that's the last thing I'd I'd leave. I mean, that was mm-hmm. like you said, how did the leadership and how did all that stuff start? Those are the biggest years I had, and, and at UBC was resulting from the biggest negative that i had at ubc you know and, yeah. and i found a way to turn that into a positive and and it wasn't just me i had jordan was next to me doing it with me uh i had many other guys pat simon was there taylor brown was there will Andrick was there and we just found a way to 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 kind of coddle that energy and try to turn it into a positive and actually it's all you can do i mean you can't yeah. you can't change anything that happened um that fifth foul against ryerson i think about yeah. every night still i mm-hmm. mean <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, you still had two games to win after that, so you can't sure. get too beat up. Can't beat yourself up too much about it. A little bit of personal pride, yeah. No, and I, I think it's cool. Like I don't know when the last time the Nationals were out west, if ever. Do you know what I mean? Like, and and for Kev to really push that and, and give that an opportunity is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah to ha- have the Nationals be on your home, you know, your home court yeah. is kind of cool, right? And then, so then for obviously sure. you're currently mm-hmm. playing pro and and doing your thing and love just love the feedback we're getting and you can tell just how internally driven you are at some point and i'm guessing it wasn't your fifth or sixth year you're thinking okay i want to move on when did you start to make that plan for yourself and and think about playing overseas or whatever that looked like so I, I was in my fifth year, or my fifth year. So I had only used four years of eligibility because I used a redshirt year in my second year, uh, and I was kind of like, okay, I've, I've graduated. I graduated that year, and I was like, okay, uh, Kev, I'm not going to stay here, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to be That's at right. UBC, and Sorry. I'm not going to play for the team if, if I don't have kind of an academic thing to work on, you right. know, because I was like, I, I can't stay here and just kind of take random courses. And like, I'm not that kind of yeah. person. I, I would not be able to do it. Yeah. So I was like, I'm probably going to explore my options uh, overseas. And he wasn't obviously thrilled uh, about that option, but uh, <laughs> no, he found, he, he, me and him, we kind of, we worked it out and, and we had a bunch of meetings in his office and, and we kind of were looking at my grade point average and everything. And, and we found a way that uh, Maria Gallo, she helped me get into a master's, uh, of kinesiology, uh, and kind of more of the coaching side of things. So I ended up doing that in my last year. I actually finished that, uh, a year and a half Let's ago, go. which was great. Let's uh, go. Nice. Yeah. Digitally? You did it so, all digitally? Uh, uh, I had to do the last three courses digitally. Yeah. Good for you, man. It's so, not easy. Yeah. Well so, done. No, it was yeah. tough. It was tough being in Europe too, uh, doing, trying to figure out pro basketball. But, uh, yeah. yeah. So back to that, I was, uh, I was kind of like, okay, Kevin, I'm going to, I'm going to move. And then, and then he was like, okay, we can get you into this master's. So I think you should stay. And again, greatest decision to stay. It was a mm-hmm. great decision. I, I went to the Fishu games in my fifth year. 
uh, with Kev was a head coach. Uh, Jordan was on the team as well, uh, along with uh, some other Can West guys on the team. Uh, I can't remember who they are, but me and Jordan were the only UBC guys, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, Kev was the head coach. Uh, Dan Van Horn was yep. the uh, assistant coach. And uh, yeah, we went down to Purdue, I believe it was, to play to have our training camp down there in Indiana. And that was an eye opener. I mean, basketball is religion down there. Yeah, uh, and it was it was great. Kind of go down there, play against them a couple times. Uh, and at the time, I was just like playing. I was hooping. I was like, all right, like I'm just playing. I was playing well against Purdue. I got a great game. I think it was like twenty, had a, like twenty points, something like that. Couple, Twelve rebounds, something like that, against like the best team. And they went on to be the best team in the country the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I went back to UBC. And then the same, the next summer, there was the Commonwealth Games. So because I stayed at UBC, I was eligible to play in that as well. Oh, nice. um, so then I went to, to Australia, to the Gold Coast and the Commonwealth Games. And then we ended up, that was the tournament where, where Mambadou hit that bank in three to go to the finals against Australia. Right. Absolutely insane. One yeah. of the best experiences, again, that I'd had playing with the Canadian uniform on. Um, and ended up coming second in that. Uh, and then I got a, an opportunity to play in New Zealand for three months under a coach who, who had kind of just seen me playing in, in the Commonwealth games. Uh, so I was like, yeah, why not? Okay. I'll go down there. I'll play in the summertime, uh, make a little bit of money. I didn't have any money, so <laughs> I was going to make some. And then, uh, so I went and lived in New Zealand for an Invercargill, the south, southernest point of planet earth, I think. Um, wow. I had some great experiences down there. I went great like shark diving and all these crazy things. Um, ended up winning the championship there, which was great. Uh, and then uh, because of, so this is where it kind of all, all comes together. Um, there was this team in Spain was kind of like asking questions about me uh, to Doug. Doug Plum actually helped me out a little bit with it, uh, along with Carl English, who put in yeah. a great word for me. I'm forever grateful to him for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, Carl. I think the way, it, I think the way it worked was, uh, I think our head coach here at the time or now still current head coach and the general manager were in Vegas or something like that. And they were talking to Carl cause Carl had played on, on this team before. Uh, and they asked, they asked him about me and Carl gave me a great recommendation. Uh, and then, so they decided to kind of pursue it further. Uh, and I had a game film against Purdue. And cause like no, wow. no offense to Canadian basketball, but they didn't really have any, anything to compare it to. So, I mean, Europeans see, uh, or sure. not Europeans in general, but they, they don't like, like Canadians don't understand how the European leagues work. Europeans don't understand how the North American leagues work as much, you know? I mean, I'm sure they do mm-hmm. um, a little bit more, but, uh, and instantly yeah, they're going to so see, they, if they see Purdue basketball, they're going to go, exactly. okay, this is, yeah, this is so, division so one basketball. Like, okay, we're yeah. Gonna, we're yeah. gonna, yeah, we're gonna watch this film, or we don't like. We understand kind of where he matches up. If we can watch this one, they were the best team in the country the next year. So they gave me, they offered me three days later, and I signed a contract so fast. I was like, send that thing through. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, so I, I ended up kind of yeah, and, and my Irish passport helped me as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I was able to get over here, and I've been here ever since, and I love it. It's been great. So you're telling me that so that essentially coming back for that year gets you to the Commonwealth Games, which gets you Purdue, which gets you looked at, and then it snowballs. Like, isn't it weird how life works? It's crazy, man. Like, it's crazy. You know, if you, yeah. If so you decide to the, not the go Fischer back, the Fisher Games was actually the summer before. Right. But yeah, 
it's it's crazy. It, it was it was if I had not gone back, I probably would have ended up in a in a lower in a lower league somewhere in Europe and had to end the had to build my way, you know. So mm-hmm. I think it it was just like a stroke of luck, obviously, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I had worked so hard my whole life, yeah, my whole UBC no, no. career, and, and I felt like I kind of deserved a, a a bit of luck like that, you know. So it was it was great, and, and I'm, what are these, I'm very what is it? I'm very thankful to the GM here and and these guys giving me an opportunity. Cool. What do they say? It's like mm-hmm. luck is when hard work meets preparation, or something to that effect, right? Like it's when, if you, we've had a lot of people on this show who've done, had very successful careers in basketball, and they all do yeah, say yeah, yeah. and they all say luck is involved. And I'm like, eh, okay, Absolutely. but you know, it's bit. also the work in the process, right? Um, love it, man. And so, how how are things? How how, how is it? How, what's it like? Um, I know Denz, Denzel, he, he'll try to tune into some of your games. Doug sent me the link. He sent me some link that had 400 pop-ups because you, you, you got to play against Powell. You know, like, how are the experiences? What's, what's pro hoops like? I, I've been to Barcelona, so I like Barcelona. I mean, you're talking one of the nicest places in the entire world, like bar mm-hmm. none. There's no, it's so yeah. like, do you sometimes just look out your window and go, oh, I'm still here. Okay, cool. Man, yeah. <laughs> I, I would, I'll show you after the thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I came over here my first year, really kind of just a wide eyed rookie again, you know, like mm-hmm. I was coming into UBC again, like the team BC tryouts, like the team Canada tryouts, like first year UBC, you know, first year in pro, it's all the same mentality. Mm-hmm. So I came in and, and in, in training camp, I just two days, two weeks straight, three weeks straight, two days, beach workouts, like just some of the hardest things I've ever done. Cause I mean, it just didn't stack up to UBC practice when you're playing against like six or seven different draft picks. And like these kind of players you're playing against every day in practice, it's a little bit different than playing against the guys that are in, in Canadian basketball. And so we did, uh, I just worked real, real hard. We actually at the time had signed a four man, who had played in the NBA. So he was going to have a really, really big role on the team. Uh, they were really unsure kind of if I was going to be good or not even. So they had a, had, they kind of had like a, a backup four or kind of like a fifth big guy, uh, just in case I think, but then I ended up kind of just, just showing out and, and, and competing and playing hard every day in practice. And, and the, the NBA guy, he, he actually didn't pass his medical. So they had to send him back. Uh, to America, and then they brought in one of my like good friends to this day, Luke Heron Gody from Notre Dame. Oh no way! Boston uh, Boston Celtic, yeah, yeah, um, great guy. Yeah, he actually retired last year, so he was couldn't have asked for a better situation in my first year. Uh, he played. Uh, for those who don't know who he is, he's kind of he's a pretty big pretty big uh, basketball name in America. I think he's the leading point getter and rebounder in Notre Dame history or something like that. Um, played it, played a couple of years in the NBA and then, and then he toured around Europe. He played in, he played in Turkey. He played in Spain. He played in Russia. He played in all the different European leagues. Uh, so we'd kind of seen it all, you know, and, and he was a guy that I really could relate to spoke great English, <laughs> which is his first language. Um, and I couldn't have fallen into a better situation where, I mean, if I'd have a bad game and, and I thought like the world was ending in my first year, he'd kind of bring me over and he'd be like, listen, Connor, it's fine, man. Like these things happen, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of like a, a big brother relationship almost, you know? So mm-hmm. I had him uh, in my first year and last year, uh, which was great. Uh, and he actually ended up retiring going into this year. So yeah, he was another positive thing for me was, was having him. But like I said, I mean, 
this league over here is crazy. You're going to have great nights and you're going to have terrible nights and you're going to have nights that look terrible, but you were great. And you're going to have nights that were terrible, but you look great. You know, <laughs> so it's really like the highs and lows are, are absolutely insane. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, it's hard, obviously kind of keep my dad calls and keep it even keel and, and finish strong and, and just don't even worry about it. Just the only thing you can do is the next game. It's hard to do that. Um, mm -hmm. when you're playing, I've played already 40 games, I think this year. Wow. So the highs are high and the lows are low for sure. And you, I mean, you play against Barcelona one night, could beat by 20, 25. You play against another team the next night, we're expected to win the game. And, and you can't let that night before where you played against some of the best players in the world affect the next night, you know? So yeah. it's, it's tough. And, and from a, and from a, just being a, like you mentioned, guys being able to speak English, but how, how's, what's that like, you know, how's practice work? And, you know, I've, you know, I've heard stories from being on a great team to where like you force a guy baseline and then your teammate isn't there to help you. Cause he's like, I'm not guarding your guy for you. I'm getting paid. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just, it, you know, we've heard so many different stories and perspectives. Right. But I, I think for you, especially because like the tier and level you're at, like you're playing with pro pros, you know what I mean? Like these, yeah, you know, yeah. like not to pump your no, tires, but like, this things, is legit. This is legit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Those, yeah. those things don't happen too much. Um, if yeah. you're not doing those things, you're getting cut. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. 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 But uh, you can go play in the no, B, B division or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can go, you can go play on the farm, the farm team, I guess. But, <laughs> but no, I mean this, this team that I, that I came to over here, um, they're really, they're really well known for developing their young guys. Mm -hmm. uh, so they have a really good solid core of players that have been here for kind of like a really long time uh, and they've been coming up through the youth ranks and everything so they know the offense already they know the defense they know the, like the Joventut Pena style of basketball already mm -hmm. um, so coming here it was great because I mean I was there's one two three imports on the team and I was kind of just joining them you know so mm -hmm. I just kind of had to learn how they worked and learn how everything kind of functioned with with their defense and offense and some of the defense the first year my, my mind was blown i thought i yeah. knew a lot about defense until i came here yeah. and i was like wow it's different here um <laughs> but uh yeah like some of the craziest rotations around ball screens in my first year we played this defense where it was like um, our big guy was a really smart big and he would kind of just like sag back in the lane and our guards we would all rotate around him and it, we call it next defense. So, like, if there was a two side and the ball screen is at the top, the the guard will come off, and the next guard will switch onto him. And then you had to know, like, if he kicked the ball. To, so obviously, the one guy is between two players. You had to know who the better three point shooter was, uh, and you kind of would fake at one, go to the other, and the other guy would run on. So, it, but it worked really, really well in my first year, and, and we were very successful in my first year. Yeah. Uh, ended up making making Copa del Rey, which is like the Spanish all-star break where they take the top eight teams and they just have a knockout tournament, which is, it's amazing. It's like, uh, all of the, all of the hype is around that. And we ended up making that in my first year. Um, and we actually upset Basconia, a Euro league team in, in my, in the first game. So we ended up playing Madrid in Madrid in the semifinal, wow. uh, like 16,000. It was insane in my first year of pro basketball. Um, <laughs> actually ended up having a great game, <laughs> another yeah. no miss, no miss game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like, perfect. So yeah, I looked up at the clock at the end of the game and somehow had like 
16 like 20 points or something like that like, yeah it's amazing man and there's no uh then, it's not like north america like no one's waiting for the timeouts and the people to throw throw free t-shirts like there are chants and yeah, like you know what i mean sure. like t- just talk about that a little bit i mean yeah I mean, you know that's in spain crazy. in spain mm-hmm. the uh like the, the crowds are, are fairly tame compared to some of the other countries over here mm-hmm. um but I mean, at the same time, the energy is booming in, in the arenas. Mm-hmm. And, and when I think my second or third game in the ACB, um, this is a pretty good story, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. We were playing against Manresa in Manresa, and my parents were actually here visiting. Nice. Uh, and so they were like, Man, Manresa is like, for those who don't know, it's like a 45 minute drive outside of Barcelona, like from where I'm from, or not where I'm from, but where I live here. Mm-hmm. Um, so my parents drove up to the game and I got them a couple of t- tickets and I was like, all right, it'll be all right. Things will be fine. And like, the, <laughs> I walk out of like the tunnel and the whole crowd is doing, you know, like the Iceland soccer clap thing. Yeah. Like there's like a whole section just doing that. Like you can't hear anything. Like you can't hear the trainers like talking or anything. And then I like look up in the crowd and like, there's this like one little patch of green of like where our crowd is and i'm like oh no like my parents are a little bit older so i'm like they've never seen anything like this before um and i played in a couple games already at that point so i kind of knew what to expect but i was like like these guys are my parents are going to be terrified (laughs) and uh yeah so long story short uh the game ended in kind of like a controversial call or something like that i think ref called a foul and we shot two free throws in the game or something like that and uh there's like this long tunnel thing where in in that gym, they pulled it all the way up to like the free throw line. I was like, what's going on? Like, why are they doing that? And you had to walk through the fan section to get out of the gym. Got you. Yeah. So, so like, I remember, um, like my captain, Albert, he probably doesn't even remember this. If he listens to this, he probably won't, but mm. our captain, Albert Ventura, they were like, we're in the tunnel and we're like walking like this through the tunnel. Cause they're like, the fans are punching the tunnel. Cause it's like a, it's like a leather, leather dish tunnel. Like yeah, you kind of yeah. move it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and he's like punching back. Like, <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, get me out of here. They're like smoking at halftime and stuff. It's like, so not in the gym, but outside of the gym, it kind of creeps into the locker room where we are. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, think? it's definitely a little bit different. So yeah, I get home that <laughs> night. Um, Hey mom, hey dad. <laughs> they're like, I get, I walk in the door because they get home before me, obviously, and they're kind of like wide eyed. They're like, holy, like, oh my god, like we didn't think it was gonna be like that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my, mom, my mom was like, yeah, I almost, I almost got like because there was a red team we were playing against, and they gave out shirts, I guess, at the beginning of the game. And my mom was like, yeah, I grabbed one just in case I had to put it on to get mm-hmm. out. <laughs> Smart, <laughs> so, Smart. Yeah, no, for sure. It's but uh, yeah, from that from that day on, I was like, wow, like these are not the same crowds as, as you see in North America. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's cool. I mean, overall, though, that was kind of the only time in, in Spain where I was like a little bit surprised. Other than that, they're very respectful people, very kind, very they're they're really they're very emotional uh, about mm. the games and they'll yell at you and and they'll they'll let you know if you're playing bad for sure mm-hmm. uh, and they'll uh, they'll also support you so so well if you're playing well and doing well as a team and, and they're so mm-hmm. genuine in that way so I think this country uh, compared to kind of an Adriatic country like uh, Serbia or <laughs> yeah yeah uh, Russia or something like that maybe it's a little different but uh, yeah so. Cool. Yeah, that's that's what I got for you there. You getting any pa- paella yet? You eat paella? Oh, man, once a week. That's great. So good, right? That's amazing.
crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah, I got a different kind of paellas now, man. I know how to make yeah. it actually, too. Atta boy. So, yeah, it's good stuff. Shout out yeah, first year, learn. boiling, Rome, bur- right? burning water, <laughs> and now he's now he's making paella. Look at this guy. <laughs> yeah, look at me. Cool, <laughs> man. Everybody's going to want me to make paella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isaiah Solomon, you heard that, man. There's paella coming for you when he he makes it back home. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Good guy, man. Yeah. He was on the U15 team that I coached. So I had a good summer. I had to pick him up every every day at the friggin' bus stop. And all he wanted to do was stuff Drake in my face. eh? Oh, just so broke. Just, I hope he's listening to this. You know, it's he like will. a rusty chess pass. We'll tag him. <laughs> it's like a rusty chess pass. <laughs> Pause for station identification. I, oh, I, I tell God. him that every time I talk to him. So Perfect. Yeah. Well, um, now it's out there for it's everyone. Out. Let's make it a thing. <laughs> 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 thing. Um, and then last reflection Great, before. So one of, he is a good probably dude. Probably my best friend, man. Great yeah, dude. I, Gotta love him. Um, His dad followed us everywhere on the Mm -hmm. that U fifteen summer. Man, we had a good time. He's an energetic guy. He's like, yeah, yeah, we had a great time, man. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. that's also uh, the off the record podcast. Me, Jordan, me, Jordan, and uh, UBC. Me, Jordan, and Isaiah were like the three freshmen at UBC. We called ourselves the Wolf Pack. We weren't very cool back then, but uh, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it is what it is. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, How was it to? The, the recent qualifier that you just had there before we move on to uh, other things on the show, you know, that was kind of yeah. cool, right? How it all just came together. I thought it was really dope. Um, Tim McAuliffe tweeted something really cool, um, just basically saying, like, giving you guys all a shout out for dropping what you're doing with your teams and, like, going to sacrifice and play for your country. You've talked about yeah. that a little bit, but I think... You know, they they say actions speak louder than words, and I think that says a lot about the group that, yeah. that we're willing to do that. And, and how was that? And you're going to love this story, too. Yeah. Um, so this is this is insane. And my mom keeps telling me, Sikon, you got to write a book. Like, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should. So basically, um, I'm kind of in between if I should go or not because I'm like, okay, if I'm, am I going to be able to get back into the country? Am I going to be able to get there? If I test positive for corona there, like, am I yeah. going to – like, what, am I going to stay in Puerto Rico the rest of my life? Like, what's going to happen? So um, I ended up going. And uh, so we actually had the Copa del Rey thing, which is the top eight teams, kind of the all-star break thing in Spain. We made that again this year. Okay. So I had to go a little bit late um, because I was in a tournament at the time and I had to play with my team here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I flew in uh, two days before our first game. Uh, and Canada basketball credit to them. They were so professional about everything. Um, they really, they really were on the coronavirus thing. I felt very safe the whole time I was there. Um, yeah. so credit to them. Rowan Barrett did a great job. Uh, Dr. Phil Potts, great job. Sebastian, all the managers, everybody did such a great job down there. The players really abided by the rules really well as well. Big Meeks. Made it that. Meeks, Meeks was there. Yeah. Great yeah. Team. Um, he was guy. good. Yeah. Uh, I had some, I chopped it up real well with him, with Meeks. That was real good for me. Nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I get there two days before. So the, the rule was, uh, the, or the protocol was you had to sit in your room for two days. You had to pass two, two, two Corona tests before you're allowed to do anything. Um, so because I came late, I, so sorry, let me back up a little bit for a key mm-hmm. point of the story. Um, so we're supposed to play four games. So okay. we're supposed to play against, cause we missed the first window because we didn't travel to it. 
Um, so we're supposed to play four games, we're supposed to play Virgin Islands two times and Cuba two times. So we get down there. Uh, and right when I land in Puerto Rico, I hear Cuba isn't coming because I'm not sure what happened, but I didn't, I didn't ask too much about it. Um, yeah. so just, bottom line, Cuba's not coming. So now we only have two games. We have 16 guys because we were supposed to play four games in five days. Right. Um, we have 16 guys down there. So now there's, there's, I mean, from a player's perspective, you're like, okay, like four guys got to sit out. You're only allowed to dress 12 guys. Like what's going to happen here. There's, there's a lot of players down here for mm-hmm. not a lot of minutes. Um, so I get in. Uh, and I, I, I sit my two day quarantine and because I came in late, the first day I was allowed to do anything was on game day against Virgin Islands. So I wake up in the morning, get my, get my Corona test, go to shoot around. First time I touched a ball in like five days. Um, and then, uh, talk to Gordy Herbertson. Uh, he's like, yeah, Connor, you're going to play tonight. Like, uh, just be ready to get in the game because you're one of our guys and, and like, just be ready tonight. And so we're not messing around. Like, let's go. So I'm like, all right, cool. I get game mode, everything activated, like ready to go for the game. <laughs> I get into the game, uh, end of the first quarter, drill my first shot, feeling great, feeling great. A couple good defensive stops. Like, um, and I don't know. Did you watch the game or no? Didn't get, no, I didn't get a chance to. So, so at halftime, our doctor comes up to me and he's like, Connor, uh, you have to come with me to the locker room right now. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I think half of basketball to play. What are you talking about? He's like, your coronavirus test this morning was, uh, it was, it needs more inspection. I was like, what does that even mean? And um, he's like, so basically you're not positive, but you're not negative. Like you're somewhere in the middle and we have to send you back to the hotel. So I'm like, what do you mean? Like I'm in a basketball game right now. Yeah. Yeah. So 10 minutes later, I find myself in a hazmat suit in the back of the ambulance in Puerto Rico, uh, going back to the hotel. I get back to the hotel and straight to my room, quarantine for like another day, get a negative test. It's ended up being like a false positive or whatever. Um, and then I practice the next day. And then by that time, I mean, credit to coach, coach Gordy. I mean, the team was playing well. They hit a game winner in the first game. Like, I, I, they were kind of already made. They already made the team at that point. You know, the team for that window had kind of already created some chemistry in that first game, and, and I just wasn't there. Yeah. I mean, it was no no fault of my own. I, I just I, I credit Gordy for even kind of playing me as much as he did in that second game, just because I hadn't been with the team at all, mm-hmm. um, which which shows a lot of the of the kind of the trust they have in me, which which mm-hmm. I love and, and it's great. Uh, and I will continue to, to to play for Canada basketball in the future as much as I can, and and I hope I can make every window. Um, yeah. But it was just an absolutely insane window uh, for me. Ended up flying back to to Barcelona, and I had like I practiced one time, uh, and I played in like half a basketball game. Got sent home at halftime in like <laughs> in ten days. <laughs> Crazy man. I was doing That's like wild. workouts outside of my hotel room. Like <laughs> yeah, I was madness. It was, it was it was funny funny stories but that's super interesting too also like from a coaching perspective just the patience you've got to have and understanding like this with this virus like things are completely out of your control right and then you're still trying to qualify and it's like you're obviously mm-hmm. for them hopefully we're going to be a key ingredient to that team and then it doesn't go well it's like like just a juggling act that's crazy yeah yeah, yeah. i'm sure it was a headache for him i mean he had to travel all the way from from 
I, 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 I divorced, I don't even know how to say it, from Russia. It was like a 42-hour travel day for him. So, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, it was a long way. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a big commitment uh, yeah. going to Canada basketball. But like I said, it's, it's great to go be with a different group of guys for 10-plus days and speak some English. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> honestly, it's like, a, yeah. it's like a little, for the window guys and the guys that play in Europe, it's a great little break. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. a great time to, to reconnect and 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 get the get the hoop a little bit cool yeah there are lots of bc dudes which is dope so nice to see yeah there was nice to see okay man you ready i'm ready okay let's do it uh whether you're in spain or at home what's the greatest bag of chips the greatest bag of chips in spain or at home like if you had you get one choice, man, what are you getting? One choice. I'm picking barbecue flavored Pringles. Wow, it's a dark horse. <laughs> it is a dark horse. It's a dark horse, man. They we, got they got Tang. They got I like them. They're my go-to barbecue flavored purple purple sleeve. Yeah, yeah. Corbs likes the barbecue Lay's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, really? Hey, Corbs, yeah. you're down with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. I looked at that question. That was the first thing that came to mind. So that's what I'm going with. Run with it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you? Who in your mind is the goat, the greatest basketball player of all time? Was thinking about that one as well. Yeah. Um, I, and I honestly, like, I was thinking about it so deeply. I was like, man, I, I don't. I wasn't around enough to watch Michael Jordan play. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever watched him play a game. Uh, like every every basketball fan, I've watched him on YouTube. It makes me feel uh, really and, old, and, by the way. And he's yeah, <laughs> and he was incredible. He was great. Um, but I mean, I mean, LeBron James has done a lot of, of crazy things. So, I mean, if I have to gun to my head, I have to pick somebody. I, I personally, I have to pick him because I, I don't have enough um, evidence in, in MJ. Uh, just because I didn't see it with my own eyes. I mean, you can see the numbers, and, and obviously, with an argument, I can say it's probably MJ. Um, but for me, it, it might have to be LeBron, just from what I've seen, you know. Uh, but at, at the same at the same time, like so many, they both are such different players. And, and as a basketball person, you realize like the different roles everybody has on a team. And, and I just I appreciate good basketball players. You know, I think mm-hmm. I think overall it's going to sound pretty cheesy, but I think the goat is basketball. And that question, mm-hmm. you know, it's it kind of it's it, like you got Kevin Durant, who is a six ten seven foot one two yeah. like yeah, yeah, what yeah. are we talking? Like that's insane. You know, like mm-hmm. it's so special to watch. And you got Steph Curry doing crazy things. And you got you got guys like Boban, seven foot however tall he is he's just absolutely enormous and i kind of all come together and yeah and i just love the the team aspect of it and, and honestly for me it's just basketball you know like i just i'm addicted to it look at zion man that we've never yeah, seen anything one. like that in our what lives man <laughs> yeah. it was so funny Insane. on that show too because he just looks he's like he looks like a man and then he's talking and he's kind of like kind of dogs like this yeah. you know and you're like wow you're still a kid uh, man and it's like good he's yeah. a good dude interviews from what i've seen and, and people that kind of know him it sounds like a great guy a, so, yeah the jj reddick one's a really good episode yeah you'd probably like it if you're on I the should road check that out yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, old man in the three is it's a good one. No, I agree. We just throw the question <laughs> out, and it's like it's kind of getting annoying and old because it's just like For take sure. time to appreciate what you see. And I and I think the the healthy thing is that the game is still developing and growing. So it's like Magic and Bird kind of saved it for everybody because the NBA was in a bad spot, and then it's just each year mm-hmm. and with each generation the game grows and develops, and we see more superstars, and that's all you can really ask for. Um, so good answer. Sure. You, you I agree. Yeah, you kept everyone happy with that answer. Well done, man. That's like, you, got some, you, got, you got some point guard in you. Um, yeah, for sure. You talked about it already. The most important people in your life been your parents? Yeah, yeah. without question. No hesitation. Uh, it would go my two parents, for sure. Uh, yeah. Nobody else even can test them. Uh, okay. And I'm not going one or two. I'm just going to go one A and one B, you know? There you go. One dash one. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Um who are some of the greatest players you've played with, played against? I know sometimes people have a tough time because it's like you don't want to leave anyone out. But who comes to mind overall that you've had the chance to? I mean, you've played against so many different levels, players, teams. Mm-hmm. There's got to be some people that stick out. For sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that that question as well. Um, and I mean, I could I could sit here and I could tell you. I mean, I could just name drop all these people that I've played against in the World Cup, you know, with, with uh, you know, I played against Lithuania with Sabonis and, and Valanciunas, and we played against Australia with Patty Mills and Della Vidova and, and Andrew Bogut and Aaron Baines, just monsters, like monsters, man. <laughs> but uh, like, they're huge, absolutely yeah. enormous, way bigger in person. Than <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, like we, we, so when I went to the World Cup with the national team, I actually went late. So, um, I was in training camp in Badalona and here I am talking about another story, but, um, so I was in training camp in Badalona and, uh, all of, so kind of the way that that world cup team went is it kind of started with all the NBA guys and everybody kind of started funneling out and, and it got to the point where like, okay, Connor, like we need another big guy. Um, so do you want to fly from Barcelona to China and land the day before the Australia game? and play and i was like yeah absolutely like let's do it <laughs> so i flew like 24 hours landed the day like 6 a.m we played australia that night what um just pounding and, and water in, yeah just hammering water and I, and I get into the the hotel in guan guanjiang i'm probably not saying that right but um i get there and obviously the first like i get into the elevator and it's like uh aaron baines andrew bogut uh What's what's his name from this from the Utah Jazz, the lefty? Oh, God, oh he's yeah, good. Um, he's so good. Oh, uh, uh, what's his name? I'm mind blown. Not Ingles right now. Yeah, Joe Ingles, him. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Patty Mills and Delavid over all in the elevator, and, and I was like, all right, like I'm not gonna just like wait for the next one. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I get in, I get into this elevator, and they're just huge. Um, so was, we played them the same day. Um, and yeah, so I would, I could say them, mm-hmm. but if I'm going to pick, I don't want to like, obviously I'm still playing against them, but I've already played against them two times this year and, and we don't play against them again till next year. So, uh, but I got to pick Nikola Miracic, man. Mm. Dude is a bucket. He, he's good. I've had a lot of battles with him, uh, throughout my two years. He's been in the league, I guess here since he decided to come back to play for Barcelona, Mm-hmm. Um, but I, for me, he's the best foreman in Europe, might be the best player in Europe right now. 
Uh, and I love, I love playing against him. I love competing against him. And, and he's, he's a real good player. <laughs> he's incredible. Nice. So yeah, I'm picking him. Awesome. I love that you're like, yeah, we don't play them again. So I'm going to say his name. I don't want to yeah. The, the, the way outside chance that he actually hears this, but <laughs> yeah, no, no chance. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he'll forget about it by next year or something. Right. Catch up on macaroni. Absolutely, without hesitation. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Without hesitation. Since I've been a little kid, my parents actually got so bad to one point that my parents were like, <laughs> we need to start buying organic ketchup. <laughs> Hiding the ketchup yeah. on you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Man. That's great. All right. We've had mixed reviews on that, so I can appreciate that. Um, yeah. All right, man. Now's the time. You got a top five for oh, us. Oh, gosh. I don't you think you can pull it off. <laughs> I'm gonna, tr- you know what okay, I'm gonna just, do? I'm gonna, I'm you're gonna on switch the, yeah, up just, your uh, your question a little bit. I'm gonna go. What are we gonna sure. say? Sorry. I was just gonna say, like, what are you listening to yeah. on the road? Yeah, like, I'm switch gonna, it up. Go since for I'm it. such, since I'm such a big um, music guy, and like, kind of, I've kind of, I don't know what it is. I've, I've kind of evolved from music even into podcasts a little bit. So I'm gonna pick okay. like four genres of music that i really like and then i'll pick like a podcast my fifth one you know what i mean so i like it i'm gonna say i like it podcasts for me lately i've been just so great um like you're on the road you can kind of like sit in a bus or on a train or on a plane and you can put a podcast on listen to it for an hour hour and a half maybe even fall asleep um and learn something and that for me has been huge as the last like mm-hmm. year or two i've been learning a lot about kind of the investment world and and, and different different things within that real estate within Vancouver, Victoria, uh, and kind of when to buy, how to buy mortgages and stuff like that. So um, obviously I'm, I'm into the, the hip hop rap, just kind of that basketball culture. I'm sure most of the people listening to this are basketball people as well. So they'll kind of understand that. Um, I got the Spanish reggaeton. I'm really digging over here. Really? It's great. Yeah. Send me some, man. Send yeah. me some. For <laughs> yeah, real, no, for real. Yeah, it's good beach vibes, man. Uh, in the really? time I put it on, all my friends love it. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it's it's good stuff. And the last one I'm going to pick is, is just R&B, you know? I'm at home, chilling at the house, uh, put some R&B on, and everything's good. Everything's like, better. Like Mary J, Donnell Jones, yeah. Alicia Keys. Like, what do we got? No, like, more like, a little more recent? Like more, more the weekend, probably. Okay. Or, you know, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I know that's only four, but off the right. top of my head, I don't think I can pick another one. <laughs> the, did you hear the new Anderson Pack uh, Bruno Mars tune? Have you heard it yet? They just dropped a single. I did not. No. Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't. Did they really? Yeah, yeah. Just mm. on, on all the new releases come out Thursday. I'm a bit of a yeah. music nerd, too. It's called uh, yeah, Le- you are Leave, leave the Door Open. It's called Check It Out. Okay. It's got a good vibe to it. The- the other thing that a lot of people wouldn't know that I'm kind of into, I'll pick this as my fifth one. I just looked at my phone and figured it out. It's kind of okay. the dance hall stuff, man. It's uh-huh. like the, yeah, like the Maliki Berry stuff like that. Like I'm really into that, you know, I'm into good vibes. And, and I mean, you live in bar, if I, li- I live in on the Mediterranean and you can kind of, you can see, you know, you can, there's a lot of sun all the time. You can get good vibes going. Why not? You know? Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's my fifth one. That's what I'm, I'm going to add that onto the list. There you I go. Give you four See? genres and a podcast. That's what I'm going to do. organically. There you go, man. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> I agree too. I, I love the you know podcast too. I mean, I I take my little guy to daycare, so it's not on my commute. But any any gap that I get at work, I just love 
tuning into something and just using an opportunity to learn, right? It's that I think you make a great point there. Never really thought of like savvy guy, man, the business side already. Yeah. Yeah, boy, good for That's, you, man. I mean, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the reality is what are you going to do when you're done? And then kind that, of like, yeah, like, and scary, man. I'm, I got like, maybe another five, six years in me over here and yeah, seven, hopefully seven or eight if I can drag it out, but I'm coming yeah. home to not really much, you know, I got to try and build something. And hopefully the real estate market is not like, like it is right now. Crazy. Right <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. Now, this will be a weird question for you because uh, you're still right. involved in the game. But, I mean, any reflection or the final question we ask people is if you could do it all again, you would what? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think I'm a, I'm a big believer in kind of everything happens for a reason. Uh, and I think um, – Obviously, my decision to to go to UBC is is a big decision that I've made, and it kind of was the bigger one, kind of choosing my path, which way I wanted to go, and I'd make that one a hundred times over. Uh, and and going to New Zealand, coming over to Spain, those kind of things were kind of happened organically, mm-hmm. uh, with kind of success and hard work and in, in, in the, at the college level. Um, so yeah, that's that's probably the in, in short. Absolutely, I would do everything up to this point again and, and hopefully you ask me that question in 10 years mm-hmm, same, yeah. same thing but mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll uh I'll have to wait and see that's kind of an open-ended one for me like you said uh so yeah hopefully we can keep keep those decisions positive keep them good well when we get when we've got a million followers and we can do connor morgan part two how's that yeah we'll <laughs> be do great that. Yeah, yeah right uh, good stuff man yeah and i think you know every all the all the little things that happen in life in between those are all just learning experiences right it, it they're only regrets if you if they happen and you don't change that change the outcome the next time you know so you can tell you're internally driven and focused and uh and a goal-oriented guy and um this has been a great episode any last reflections before we get you on your way and, and get you to just relax before you hit the road tomorrow yeah no i mean the biggest thing for me and and moving forward is just kind of i mean i'm sure it's the same for a lot of younger kids that are maybe will be listening to the to the pod or maybe even older people going through things in their lives is just the highs and the lows try to do whatever you can whether it's meditating or those things for me it's 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 the key to my success moving forward and i know that uh kind of mediating the highs mediating the lows and when you're in the lows you got to remember the highs and when you're in the highs you got to stay grounded with the lows so it's Mm -hmm. very hard to do and and it's when you have a good game and, and a million people in a message in you and message hitting you up on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, and your phone's going crazy. You need to remember the time when you were sitting in your apartment after you turned the ball over to lose the game for your team and mm-hmm. nobody's talking to you. You know what I mean? So definitely yeah. it's, it's, it's an experience over here when you're on your own as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't really have, uh, it's been better for me this year. Um, but I mean, my first year is you're pretty alone. You know, I, I mean, you have your teammates you can hang out with and and you have them, but you kind of see, see them four to five hours a day already. So it's not like you want to go hang out with them even more after. Um, and like some of them, obviously you do, but it's it's kind of that thing where you want to go home and you, you want to disconnect and get away. And if you don't have a best friend, like as, for me, Isaiah or Jordan or these kind of guys, Jeff Pippis in my life that are are keys to my success in, in Canada I don't have them here it's it's hard for sure and mm-hmm. with, the, with the time change it's 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 nine hours to Vancouver is that what it was I think that's what it is and it's, yeah we're 10 tough, just right? before 10 a.m. <laughs> right now yeah mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah I mean I mean 
Do you meditate? Obviously, that wasn't your question, but I think for me moving forward, it's, it's just mediating the highs and the lows. And I've, I've tried to start, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll leave that one. I just asked that because yeah. I've, I've just started to get into it as well. And it's something I wish mm-hmm. I did way earlier in my life. We had um, uh, Matt Kuzminski is the coach at VIU. Yeah. And, uh, he, he practices mindfulness and got me into it. And I got the book, it's called the mindful athlete. It's like, um, the same guy who worked with the bulls and stuff. And so I do just a quick one in the morning and like, I've been doing it for almost a month and I can't believe just how just more calm I am. Like I'm a pretty fiery guy sometimes. And it's like, as a, as a parent, when you have like a four-year-old who just reacts a certain way because they're four and their brain is basically like it's on LSD. So they go from freaking out one minute to the super happiest kid ever. And just like not getting emotionally involved and we're kind of getting off topic, but I think it's cool. Keep going with it. It's, uh, it's, it's worked. And it's, I found myself just very like in a good spot between that, that stimulus and, you know, it's been good. So yeah, and thanks for that yeah. reflection. I think that's yeah, yeah. the side of it that pe- a lot of people sure. don't get is just a guy from the island all the way overseas that you think it's, oh, it's all about buckets and whatever. And there's lots of moments where you're stuck in your own thoughts and into yourself. So you got to be in, yeah. in, in a good place mentally to be able to stay focused, sure. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you, you come over from there and a lot of guys see it. I mean, my first two years I saw it like this as well, where it's kind of a 10-month business trip, you know. You, you get a day off, but it's you're still in a foreign country and you're still, it's a great, I mean, I'm not complaining by any means. I live no. in Barcelona. It's, it's excellent. It's great, but it's just not the same without your friends and family here, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's a little bit different, but I mean, my life is great. I have no complaints. Things are, couldn't be any better. <laughs> Good man. Good. Well, yeah. you know, we really, really appreciate you taking the time. I know, like we said, it's been a juggling act with your schedule and our schedules and lives, but um, it's been super fun to have someone who's in the game, mm-hmm. grown and developed through the game and still playing the game. Um, lots of really great takeaways. You're a great storyteller. I think you're worried about rambling too much, but I, I think there's some fun <laughs> stuff in there. And, uh, you know, we'll get you we'll uh, we'll get you a T-shirt and stuff and love to uh, get you into STM gym for a workout when you're back in the summer. Anytime our doors are yeah. open for, for a guy like yourself and we do appreciate the time and the reflection um because it does mean a lot to us um because we're enjoying this as much as you know we take as much away as we do just hosting the the people you know for sure yeah i mean uh, that being said if you guys got any any young and aspiring talent prospects i'm in the city it'd be great to work out with them i mean i'm always there for kind of that mentorship role and i mean obviously i'm i'm a little bit younger than some of the other guys you had on the on the podcast but Maybe I'm more so in the gym than them, you know. <laughs> For sure, oh, without question. Yeah, so yeah, yeah I think but, we can all uh, I think we can all learn from each other, no matter age, gender, race, whatever. There's opportunities to yeah. learn from everybody if you're open to it. So yeah, for sure, for sure unbelievable episode a guy who's in the game we really appreciate your time connor everybody like and subscribe to the podcast and we will catch you on the flip side be well